In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Last week, uh, last Sunday, we specifically focused on the cross, and I reflected upon the trust that the Son has in the Father, that the cross was ultimately a symbol of that faith of the Son in the Father, and a Father who brings life, the Father who resurrects, the Father who breathes the Holy Spirit into all things that are broken, dead, and dying. This week we have before us many readings, and especially the example of the man with a child sick. And he has belief, but he realizes that within that belief, there's some unbelief. There's some lack. The trust wants to be there, but it's kind of like a child. It doesn't know exactly what to do. It doesn't know exactly where to go, but it's there and it's looking. As we enter into further into Lent, we're past the halfway mark. We can see Holy Week. We can see Pascha in the future. And yet, beside all of those thoughts is a huge question mark. What exactly is going to happen? And if you're anything like me, which I'm sure the first week might have been uh, maybe a little nice, maybe a little different routine. There's some things that have changed. Now it's starting to get uh, a little boring. Uh, Families are getting a little frayed, I'm sure. Uh, Things are having to change uh, in ways uh, that we're now settled into something that we, again, have a big question mark beside it. And all of the things that we're experiencing almost feels like a kind of exile, a kind of wilderness, as we sing about St. John Climacus this morning, the Troparian, uh, a lover of the wilderness. Well, most of us might like the wilderness as long as we can drive there, get out of our car, walk around, and then get back into our car and go home. But it seems like this Lent has been structured in such a way by our God to take away a lot of things and to get down to the essentials, uh, to really um, have our hearts tested as to what it is that we love. For what we love is what we truly desire, what we truly want. It's how we shape our entire lives. In the epistle reading this morning, we have the example of Abraham given to us and God speaking to him. And God cannot swear by anything else when he tells Abraham to trust in him. You know, God, there's nothing. I hope your idea of God is this an understanding of God. There's nothing above God. So how does God have something to promise? Because in the ancient world, if you were to promise on something, you would say, I would promise upon, etc. We still do this somewhat to this day, especially something great with power, the temple or something like that. But God has nothing to swear beyond himself to make an oath. And then in verse 17 of the sixth chapter of Hebrews, God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel 
confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things, first, it is impossible for God to lie. What is immutability? When we begin the anaphora of Chrysostom or of Basil that we'll have this morning, we talk about an unchanging God. The immutability of his counsel means it cannot be changed. We do not have a fickle God. We do not have a God who is going to make a promise and then change his mind. He's not Loki. He's not uh, a trickster God. He is the God of trust, of faith, of life. He promises to Abraham that he will bless him. The other immutable thing that we have as a strong consolation is that we have fled for refuge to lay hold, excuse me, let me read the rest of the verse, that we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us. And who is the forerunner? Who has entered beyond that veil? Jesus Christ, the unchanging God, the God who raised Jesus from the dead, the God who made the promise to Abraham, who made the promise to Moses, who made the promise, I'll go back a little bit, to Noah, who makes the promise to David, who makes a promise to Solomon, who made promises to the prophets, who made a promise of life and salvation to his own son to resurrect him from the dead. We have that same God. And we have, because of this unchanging God who can be trusted, as everything around us uh, leads, leads us to question marks, and our God, we have no question mark. We have only the promise and a promise that will be fulfilled. And this gives us, as the writer of Hebrews tells us, a refuge, a place to lay hold where our hope can be set for us. And this is described as an anchor, something that anchors our entire life. Brothers and sisters, as we enter more into uh, outstanding question marks of a time of great change and uh, in lack of stability, let us anchor ourselves with the hope in our God and his immutable counsel, his promise that he will never change that he is always present for us and that he will breathe life into our life as we falter, as we fail, as we thrash about in this unknowing. Let us anchor ourselves in the unchanging God to whom we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.